Thank you for listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help you win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, come and see us and join the Passion Church family. Visit our Facebook page or our website at passionchurchmo.com to find out more about us. First Kings, go to chapter 17. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Then it goes on and talks about how God allowed him to go by the brook Cherith, and he stayed there till the brook dried up. Because after he gave that word, drought began to hit. Rain stopped happening. And how many knows that in a place like Israel, where it's a desertous region, rain is very, very important and a precious commodity. <clears throat> Go with me now over to chapter 18. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year. How many years has this drought been going on? Three years. In the third year, saying, Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab, and there was a sore famine in Samaria. And Ahab called Obadiah. And you know why that was so strong in Samaria? Because that is where he built an altar to Baal, was in Samaria. Mm, God will dry up your dead, dry religion. Verse 3, and Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor of his house. And now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. For it was so that, we're going to stop right there. You know the story. He's, he's, he's telling them, let them know I'm coming. He's a, the servant's afraid. He says, don't you understand this is a death sentence because the king has already decreed through Jezebel, you're a dead man. And if, if I come to tell them you're here, they're liable to kill me. He said, don't fear, just go tell them that I am here. So let's jump down to verse 20 in chapter 18. So Ahab went to all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto, unto Mount Carmel. Who gathered them there? Ahab gathered them, not, not Elijah. In other words, Elijah came and said, tell the king I'm coming, and to bring his prophets, we're going to have a showdown. And Ahab said, okay, let's meet the challenge. And he invited the whole nation because he thought we're going to make a fool out of the prophet of God. Oh, here we go. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, how long? Halt ye between two opinions. That word halt means to be crippled. How long are you going to be crippled to the point that you can't figure out what you believe? You're either going to believe God is God or you're going to believe that Baal is God. How long will you halt between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Why? Because they were crippled between the opinions. Because it was now popular. It was in the populace. It was... It was politically correct to worship at the house of Baal now in a, in a land that once had ascribed to only the living God. And so it was a difficult thing. And so the people were waiting to see who's going to win the showdown. Oh, here we go. I'm having fun already. 
I'm going to skip a few things here. Go with me down to verse 30. Now what happened here was they built an altar and the prophets of Baal started crying unto their gods of stone and wood. And of course there were the prophets of Asheroth. So there were 850 prophets gathered at Mount Carmel that day. Not just 450, but there were 400 prophets from the, uh, from the goddess Asheroth. All right. Verse 30, and Elijah said unto all the people, come near unto me. This is after they've done their thing, they've cried, they've sought, they've cut themselves. This is after Elijah's made fun of them. He's your God out to the bathroom. He says he's really giving them a hard time, but now it's Elijah's turn. And Elijah said unto all the people, come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord. That was broken down. I mean, no, we got to go back and fix those things that have been broken down. The altar of God that's no longer used must be used again. We must build a place where we come and bring ourselves as a living sacrifice unto him. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, and whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. What kind of sacrifice is he pouring it on? Now, how is that sacrifice burnt? He just cut it up and he just laid it on there. Huh? For the just shall live by... Oh, come on now. Come on. Come on. Come on. I done lost my place. I got so happy in that. Mm. Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. Now, how many barrels was it? Four. So that's eight barrels. And he said, do it a third time. Twelve barrels of water and they did it a third time and the water ran around the altar and it filled the trench also with water and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice you see he waited until the Jews do it daddy Elijah the prophet came near and said Lord God of Abraham Isaac and of Israel you notice he didn't use Jacob 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 is Israel in its natural state without God. He used the redemptive name of Israel. He used Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at whose word? Thy word, God's word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God. God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. <laughs> I think I need to skip the next verse. Are you sure? Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust. And licked up the water that was in the trench. Not only was the sacrifice gone, the altar was gone. When God does it, He does it. 
He doesn't do anything halfway. It even licked up dust. How does fire burn dust? I don't know, but it happened. Mm. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And Elijah said to them, take the prophets of Baal and let not one of them escape. And they took them and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. And Elijah said to Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of the abundance of rain. When the prophet hears rain, you better pay attention because what comes out of the prophet's mouth is what's going to happen. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm having fun already. So Ahab went up and to eat and drink. And Elijah went to the top of Carmel and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. Now, how often do we stop at the first sign of nothing? And he said, go again. Seven times. Oh, there was something in the prophet's spirit. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say to Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind and there was a great yeah. rain yeah. and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel and the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah and he gird himself up or gird up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel nearly 20 miles he did a foot race with the king's chariot 20 miles and beat him to the gate. That had to be a supernatural. Mm, I'm trying not to preach because everybody wants me to teach. We're in a season of fire and rain because an Elijah spirit is needed for the day and age in which we live. The church has got to come back to the spirit of Elijah. We've got to walk like an Elijah, talk like an Elijah, listen to the word of God like an Elijah, stand in king's courts if need be, and not be intimidated by, by their power or their position to speak the oracle of God. One of the things that I'm excited about in our nation right now, I don't know what your political bent is. I'm not here to side with anybody. But one thing I'm excited about is that the president, the current president that we have, has got godly counsel around him and people to speak into his life. Kings need counsel. In this case, the people of God had so allowed so much compromise, they would no longer define what they believed. A little bit of bail. A little bit of God. A little bit of God, a little bit of Baal. They wouldn't, they wouldn't, because it was socially acceptable and because it was changing the moral norms of their nation and because, I'll be real careful here, sexual promiscuity was a part of that worship, 
it was, it was tantalizing and exciting, and it was different than all of the don'ts of the gospel of God. So the people stood between two opinions, halted like crippled men, not afraid. They were afraid. They were mentally crippled, emotionally crippled. They could not make a decision until Elijah showed up on the scene. They were swayed by the popular opinion of a small interest group of idolaters led by Jezebel. A weak and compromising leader king offered up this God-fearing nation to a false, perverse, blended blending of truth and lie, blanketing the people of God with a spirit of confusion. What is right? What is truth? Perversion was now the national norm. Does this sound familiar to anybody? You see, compromise is always easier than to take a rigid stand. I see so many people who once were strong in the morality of the, of, of the biblical basis that we have founded our nation on, the, the, the Judeo-Christian principle, who now are willing to accept things that are far to the left of what is really truth in God's Word. But compromise is always easier than a rigid stand. And voices that demand compromise are always persuasive. They speak tender until they're confronted. And once they're confronted, they become murderous and vehement. And so they become the bully pulpit that gets done what they want to get done so that their agenda is the agenda or the norm of the nation. The world around us is charged today with a spirit of perverse compromise. In 2018, we are positioned globally like Israel during the time of Ahab. It is time, ladies and gentlemen, for an Elijah to arise. It is time for an Elijah spirit. It is time to define right and wrong in the face of opposition. It is time to stand before influence and call out the deception. It is time to stand up under the murderous intent of a demonic charged deception and not waver. It is time to prove that the Word of God is the Word of God. Israel at this time is in a mess. And Elijah is a man with a spirit of righteous indignation. Elijah initiated this showdown and he walked into the camp of compromise and he dared to throw down the gauntlet and the challenge. Let's find out who the real God of Israel is. In order to set this whole stage, he followed the voice of God, stood before a king. Anytime you stand before a king, your life could be on the line. But he stood in the face of a king, backed by a perverse spirit in a woman called Jezebel, who had another agenda about changing the, the landscape of the nation of Israel. And he stood in the king's face and said, it will not rain until God tells me it's going to rain again nothing affects the planet quite like drought here's why I want you to understand how powerful this message was when he brought it to the king because food supplies are affected in a drought 
thirst is created in a drought. The ground recedes in a drought. Water supplies are taxed in a drought. How many here could say amen? Wildlife is affected. The populace panics. Vegetation such as trees for shade are affected and grass withers. How many had, had brown carpet instead of grass this summer? The ground loosens and waterways recede and fish and aquatic life suffer and everything within the region of a drought is affected. And can you imagine our drought lasted just a few months? What would a three-year drought look like? How many think Elijah might have had their attention? When it came to the Mount Carmel showdown, he had their attention. And he built an altar, a meeting place for God. Oh, that the church would build an altar and a meeting place for God again. We need a meeting place for the children of the Most High God to come back and remind themselves who God really is. Mm. Even the king wants to show up to see what's going to happen. He may have come with sarcastic disbelief. But he was a believer by the time he made it back to the palace. The only person missing from this God-proving party is Jezebel. Why? Because a Jezebel spirit always retreats when it's challenged and when they fear defeat. That spirit hides until the smoke clears. Then after the defeat, it becomes threatening and vehement and very vocal. And the spirit of Elijah is, or the spirit of Jezebel is always a sore loser. And when they leave the gathering or the church or the city, it is always filled with false accusation and nasty threat. And Elijah calls the nation out. He says, you're under the influence of that devil Jezebel, and it is time, it is time that we prove who the real God is and come back to the worship of the real God and set back in order what God wants in order in this nation. If you want it to reign, you better make up your mind, either Baal is God or God is God. They came out of curiosity to see what's going to happen. How entertaining will this be? One man against 850 prophets. There's no way he can win. But Elijah obliged them first and made fun of their lack of productivity and the absurd notion that a piece of card wood or stone could produce anything. Then he upped the ante when he soaked his offering three times. Four barrels, 12 barrels of water. And I love the, the canon there when you read it, when it says it soaked up the water, it soaked up the dust, it soaked up not only the sacrifice, but the stones of the altar that the sacrifice laid on. That had to be some kind of fire. Now remember they're in drought. 
and he uses water, a very precious commodity, to taunt them just a little bit more. This is water the babies could be drinking. Oh, I can hear, I can hear the small interest group screaming right now. Oh, you're wasting a precious commodity. Oh, the old people that could have drank of this water. Oh, the, the society that could have made something with this water, used this water in some productive way. He taunts them with it. And then he calls for fire. Mm. This generation needed to see a true move of God. They needed an outward sign that there was a true God. And may I suggest to you that the Cameron region needs a sign that there is a God and he answers by fire. Yes, they needed a move. They needed an Elijah spirit. Cameron needs an Elijah spirit. And anyone who has an Elijah spirit are a people who aren't afraid, a people who aren't intimidated, a people who will call out sin, a people who will stir a righteous indignation, a people who will stand in the camp of compromise and throw down the gauntlet and build an altar to the true God. Then challenge the false belief system to produce or bow down to the real God. It is time to take off the enemy's head in this region. It is time to let him know there is a God and there is a God in Cameron and like Elijah of old, there are a people of God who aren't afraid to be bold, who aren't afraid to call out sin, who won't be intimidated and who won't back down simply because you outrank me in social structure and the position of society or governmental structure. I'm here to represent uh, as an ambassador of the King of Kings his kingdom which far supersedes this one so it's time to take off the head of the enemy but just like the snake he is even when you remove his head he will slither and squirm giving the impression that he's still alive but may I suggest to you that he is not alive he is a headless defeated foe because Jesus has already separated his head and discarded his worthless carcass so after the fire I want you to understand that it is time for God's victory lap after the fire comes the the victory lap because when God shows up and answers by fire you better know that the drought and the thirst of the region is about to be answered by the God of fire he's the God that on that altar soaked up the water along with the sacrifice he answers both by fire and by water and he soaked it up on the altar so it could rain it down out of the heavens I want you to see something here Whoo, I'm having fun. Fire always represents the presence and person of God. But rain always represents the blessing, the outpour, the refreshing, and the life of God. Fire brings cleansing and purification and the removal of the unnecessary and even fertilization to those things that have died. But rain brings life and recovery and movement and stability and peace and calm. I'm preaching, aren't I? I forgot to teach. Rain in an outpour brings overflow, flood, waves, 
and roar of power. Unleashed, unbridled movement. I was watching the other day a film of the tsunami that happened in Japan. And they were filming a place where there was a trickle of water and it started coming from off of the shoreline and, and in, inland. And there was a trickle of water and pretty soon there was water where you could see it on the ground and suddenly that water began to move in such a way that things began to move a little bit around. And suddenly now cars and buses and trucks and buildings are moving around by the torrent of water that's moving. And I want people to understand that what God has in mind for our region in revival now, in revival, is a torrent. He wants to bring in a tsunami wave. He intends to rearrange some things and rearrange his church and rearrange this region for the cause of Jesus Christ. Mm. Are you still with me? I'm almost done, believe it or not. I'm going to hurry. When Elijah climbed higher to call for the outpour, he chose what some say is an ancient birthing position. Don't ask me to get into it. I'm an old man. Something would break. But he bent down with his head between his knees and cried unto God. He was set in by faith to birth a new movement back toward righteousness. By their own confession, the people confess that Yahweh is God. Six times and no sign of change. May I suggest to you that delay is not denial. We may have been sitting for a year, but we have not been denied our property. We may have been sitting in a delay, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that we we don't have that we don't already own what's sitting over there. All it means is is God is stacking the deck for a mighty outpour. All it means is that God's going to answer by fire. All it means is that God's got something else in store to help us until we get there, and we must remain calm and trust Him in the midst of the delay. We may have gone out six times to look at the sky and see no change, and it still looks like drought but I want you to understand that on the seventh time when you go out that next time God will meet you there and oftentimes when we get to the seventh time there's a glimmer of hope even though it looks small oftentimes we think it's something what if God put us in our building over there and would only let us in on one side of it that would look like a small blessing wouldn't it Not the full thing. But we're in a place and a position now where if God's going to get done what he needs to get done, then he's going to have to start showing us some signs and some wonders so that this region can see that God is still God and God is still moving. And what if we had to go to three services in that little glass room over there on a Sunday in order to get everybody in? Or we had to go to a Sunday night service and a Monday or, or, or a Sunday morning and a Sunday afternoon service? What if we had to do three services in order to get everybody into that building? Would it still be revival? I ask you, would it still be God? Would it still be God moving? You see, when God first arrives, he releases a taste of the blessing of God. And when God, yes, and when God arrives, he releases a taste of blessing, small handfuls with the intention of overflow and torrent. And Elijah knew 
what was about to happen. He knew this seemingly small sign meant that outpour was on its way. In fact, before he started praying, he sent message to Ahab, you better go get you a meal and get ready for a 20-mile trip because I'm getting ready to go pray. And this same God that answered by fire is going to answer by outpour because what I'm hearing in my spiritual ears is the sound of the abundance of rain. It's not rain. It's the abundance of rain. It is drought ending rain that can stop a drought in three days. That's the kind of rain that God can pour out on our region at any moment. And if he did it in the natural, first the natural, then the supernatural, God's not done with the Cameron region. Don't you get discouraged when you look up and there's not as many people here on a Wednesday night as there used to be. Because one One day you're not going to be able to get in here on a Wednesday night because God's getting ready to pour out of his spirit. Mm. I got to quit. I got to quit. Elijah knew that outpour was on its way. He knew his prayer had been answered and he warned the king, you better get moving. (laughs) You better get moving. Then Elijah, empowered by great faith in the supernatural, outran the king's chariot to the city gates as a final act of the power of God displayed. For the power of God now displayed was delivered to the city gates as proof positive to Ahab, it's time for change. It is time for overthrow. We are living in the season of fire and rain. There will be times in the next few years to come when we will have to call down fire. The proof of God's existence. And then it will be followed by calling down the rain. God's refreshing and flood. Passion Church, there is an Elijah spirit in our house. And will we embrace it? Will we embrace it? We're so glad you listened to this message today. Our goal is to bring hope, encouragement, and help you win, all while building God's kingdom. At Passion Church, we believe in community. If you would like to partner with us in prayer or giving, then send us a message on Facebook or through our website, passionchurchmo.com. We'd love to hear how God is impacting your life through this ministry. 